greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher Keith McKenzie. This is session 18 in our Genesis 1 through 11 uh, discipleship series. Um, we're in Genesis chapter 4. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, religious conflict that is highlighted here between Cain and Abel. We have a religious observance. We have the birth of religion. And as we said uh, back a couple of sessions ago, we have the first sacrifice, the first act of hypocrisy, the first murder. Uh, we have a lot of firsts here in the Genesis chapter 4. We're going to call it the fruit of sin. And so here in Genesis chapter 4, got a lot of scriptures I want to try and get through in this session. So let's go ahead and take this before the Lord in prayer. Father, I give you thanks and praise for today. I thank you for loving us and, and giving us life and life eternal through your your son Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would help us to understand the, uh, the big picture here. Not only the microcosm uh, that we have here, but the macrocosm of religion as a whole as it applies to your word, that religion is not pleasing to you at all. So I give you thanks and praise for today, and I ask that you would help us to understand your word in Jesus' mighty name. All right. Uh, today's session is um, kind of going to be a tough one for uh, some of us because this is, uh, it's really not a pleasant subject. Actually, Jesus was the most irreligious person to ever walk the face of the earth. God, who manifest himself in the flesh, came down to live the perfect life for me and then transmit that to me by faith through grace. He hated religion. He hates what men do to the words of God. And Jesus is described as the word of God. In John chapter 1 it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And when you drop down to verse 14 and it says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us that and many other verses talk about Jesus being the creator that he is God alright and without that if you don't believe that he's God you cannot please him and it says in the scriptures without faith it is impossible to please him so that's why we spend the time to go through uh, Genesis 1 through 11 verse by verse so let's pick it up where um, we'll go ahead and pick this up from verse 8. Remember, this is a religious observant. Cain and Abel, both on an appointed day, were, were going to worship God in an act of worship and bringing an offering to God. Cain brought the fruit of the ground. He came his own way, as we talked about a couple of sessions ago. Abel's heart was right with God. And God testified because God sees the heart. 
All right, so it was accounted to him his righteousness. That was the separation right there, and this led to jealousy on Cain's part. Now, we're going to read here in verse 8, and sin begins to conceive in Cain's heart against his brother, his righteous brother, Abel. And this is what we're going to see play out here as we read a bunch of scripture today. And it says, verse 8, Now Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass that while they were in the field, that Cain rose up. And this is the way it's uh, described in like the, the prophet Hosea in talking about Israel's enemies because the Middle East conflict, okay, can, can be boiled down to uh, a family feud. All right, you have Ishmael and Isaac were brothers. Ishmael became the, the Arab peoples. And Isaac became, he, he begat Jacob, okay, who begat the 12 tribes of Israel, which became the nation of Israel. And Jacob had a brother Esau, all right, and Esau became the, the bitter uh, foes even to this day, uh, which still plays out today in, in the uh, Palestinian covenant and everything that's going on over there. Uh, largely today, uh, Esau's children would be in uh, today what we call modern-day Jordan. All right, and, and Isaiah 63 talks about the, the final demise of uh, the children of Esau. And... Uh, but what we want to look here at is that just like this is a, a, a foretaste, a forerunner, that Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? Okay, it says in Matthew that, you know, Jesus said that there's nothing done, okay, that I've done, that you've done, that can be covered. There's no cover-ups before God. Everything is naked and open to the eyes of God. And he says that in the judgment, okay, he's going to judge everybody, okay, by the deeds that we've done in the flesh, whether good or evil, all right? And that goes to our thought life and the intents that we have. And so he knows whether we did something out of spite or whatever. So he sees it here and he's talking to Cain. And he says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. All right, isn't that the way our kids react when we ask them, Why'd you do that? I don't know. They, they say these kind of things all the time. And then he comes back with, Am I my brother's keeper? So he's got contempt there with God. And he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are more cursed from the earth. You are cursed from the earth, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And then he pronounces those curses. But I want to flip over to uh, Matthew uh, 23 and, and look at how Jesus um, being God, so I think he has a pretty good idea, solid understanding of what true faith in uh, 
religious life should be here. So it says in uh, verse, where are we, 12. Let's pick it up at verse 12. It says, um, and this is Jesus contending, it says, Whoever exalts himself, okay, will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So God, he has, uh, he's inverting things here. He says, you're, you're exalting yourself. You're lifting yourself up, you know, above men. And that's what men do. They, they, they put themselves up in a, in a higher uh, class saying, you know, we're God's priests or whatever. And they, and they exalt themselves. And, and Jesus is saying, no, you, you want to approach me? It's through humility. All right. And then he says to this, in verse 13, he says, But woe, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, just like Cain. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves. Notice this is religious people. He's uh, taking, them, taking them out to the woodshed here. He says, For you shut up the hang." Uh, the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses for a pretense and make long prayers. We got people on TV doing that today, tele-evangelists. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. That's greater condemnation and judgment than unbelievers, than pagans. These are pretenders, people who are actually blocking the way of people who want to get to know God. And then he throws down another woe. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel the land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he has one, you make him twice the son of hell as yourself. And not finding Jesus speaking very... Um, politically correct terminology here. You don't find this kind of um, fire uh, in, in many of the pulpits in America today, sadly to say, because we, 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 we try too much to, to dumb it down. We, we, we want to make Jesus this nice uh, shepherd who's uh, stroking a nice white fleecy sheep and uh, he is that, but he confronts evil in a very um, aggressive manner, and he, he, he calls it like he sees it, all right? He's God, and he's, he's taking him to task here. So these religious leaders, he says in here, and he, says, he gives them another woe. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. For whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. For whoever swears by the gift that it is on it, is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies it? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and he who dwells in it. That would be God. This is why he's getting upset with them because they're changing things for gain. 
We don't see that today in religion today, do we? We don't see people uh, manufacturing uh, services and things like that for gain, for money, to keep the church building open. And, and all these, he's saying these are false pretenses. Your, 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 your heart is not right, he says. That's, that's the problem. And it continues to go on. And he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He says, for you pay the tithe of a mint and anise and cumin. You know, so they go over their spice rack. They take out one out of every ten leaves, right? And, and they put it into the tithe, right? And so this is a legalistic process. He says, you're doing this, all right? He says, listen to this. And he says, you tithe. And he says, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. Now, here's what God really wants from us. Justice, mercy, faith. He says, these you ought to have done. All right, here they are, a religious institution, all right? And, and he's saying, you don't even have faith. He goes, you're a religion. You've got, you look good on the outside, and he goes, but he goes on the inside, it's, it's, it's just blind, you're dead. I mean, Jesus really, he, he takes them to town. And he keeps, he, he says, blind guides, he says, who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. You know, they, 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 they extrapolate the little things, like the, like the, the tithing, and, and then they, they, they swallow lies. And, and it says... Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside. No, he says, yeah, you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside is full of extortion, okay, self-indulgence, and blind. He says, you know, you're, 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 it's all an outside job, all right? God wants to work on the inside on us. Now, here, here in this tough <laughs> session, um, we want to show that God is opposed to religious pretense, hypocrites, all right? For those of you who go to church, um, all of us have run into hypocrites. And I, I, I say that that's not a reason not to go to church, all right? You can either go to church today with the hypocrites or you can go to hell with them tomorrow. I know that sounds hard, but this is, is what Jesus is trying to get across to us that, that religion with pretense without having a heart that's really after God and, and loves mercy and truth, okay, and sometimes the truth like, like with what we're having to do in today's session, is this conflict, okay, between the religious hypocrites, the unfaithful, the apostates, the liberals uh, who profess Christ but deny the scriptures and, and who, who, who strain in a gnat, right, and, and live uh, licentious lives. Uh, Jesus called it the leaven, of the Pharisees, that he was, leaven means sin, because sin puffs up people. And, and Paul said that that uh, knowledge puffs us up. 
So we have to be careful as we begin to learn that we don't feel like these religious uh, scribes and Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees that all had high and lofty positions, okay, in Jesus' time, that he was challenging them, saying that you've exalted yourself, right? He says, if you'll humble yourself, all right, search the scriptures, and you'll find out that they testify of me. That's what he told them, point blank, all right? Now, we're going to skip over to John chapter 7, and another confrontation between Jesus, okay, and the religious of his day. And we have this same thing. This is not a smackdown against uh, Jews or Judaism. This is a smackdown against religion, all right? We have the same dynamic in Christianity, all right? Satan always has used religion from the beginning. Now, the closer he can make that religion, closer is a counterfeit to try and pass it off, uh, the more dangerous that that becomes. John chapter 7, verse 19, Jesus says, Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keep the law? Why do you seek to kill me? This is exactly what happened back uh, with Cain and Abel, right? The, the, Cain's religious people, the apostates, he says the way of Cain, right? Says the people answered to him and said, you have a demon who's seeking to kill you. But Jesus knows their heart. And it says, Jesus answered and said to them, I do one work and you all marvel. For Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. Okay, now they weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. Okay, now Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath. Okay, and they got all in a tizzy. This is them straining at a gnat, right? But they keep the law, okay, when circumcision on the eighth day, as was prescribed in Moses' law, all right? If that fell on the Sabbath, they did that, and they didn't consider that work. Now, Jesus is trying to clear it, clear it up for him. He says, don't, don't go by the letter. The letter, okay, Pharisees went by the letter. The letter kills, okay? Jesus said to go by the Spirit. There's a spirit behind the letter. What is the, the spirit communicating behind the text? Okay? I know lots of people that uh, I've seen and heard, and, um, you know, I don't know their hearts, but sometimes I just wonder if they're going to miss heaven by 18 inches. And they got it up, up here, but they don't necessarily live out a life that looks like they got it, you know, down in here. It didn't sink down. All right, so Jesus, as he continues to go, answered them, says, I do one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, and that's not from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. And if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law, okay, of Moses should not be broken, you are angry. Remember how Cain got angry? with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath. 
And then Jesus says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Remember that that's what we were talking about, that God looks upon the heart like he did with King David. You know, God is a discerner, okay, and his word, okay, discerns our thoughts and intents. It's described like, like a sharp knife that opens us up and, and actually inspects us. Okay, and that's the way that the Old Testament sacrifices is they would they would literally have the sacrifice and open them up and ex and expect it before you know offering it to God because they were to be offered without spot and blemish. And so let's um, go over to John. 15. So let's try and keep this in a, in a tight area. Uh, verses 11 through uh, 15. So let's see. Through 25. These things, okay, Jesus speaking again here. These things I have spoken to you that you that the joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. Now, this is Jesus clarifying. This is a good teaching. He's, he's warned uh, people about the, the sin of the religion of the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes and the Herodians, all right, that had a religious facade. All right, and, and this is what Jesus said. This is my commandment that you love one another. So he's speaking to his disciples. That's you and me for those of us who are in Christ. And he says that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay one's down life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did for all of us. You are my friends, and if you do whatever I command you, okay, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. That you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father, get this, whatever you ask the Father, all right, in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command that you love one another. Now notice how he contrasts that this is the way we're supposed to behave in the church, okay, amongst the brethren, Right, And then he goes on and he wants to clarify the difference between loving one another, okay, and even trying to love our enemies. And that's impossible apart from the Spirit of God that dwells in a believer. It's impossible to love your enemies unless you have the Spirit of God in you. It's a supernatural thing, all right? It says, verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, 
the world would love its own, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, like, like, a, like a miner who goes in deep into the earth and, and takes out you know, gold and silver and diamonds and precious jewels. That's what the Lord's doing. He's, he's finding the jewels of faith, those who would just take him at his word, read the Bible, get to understand it, learn what, what God has for you. Don't, don't take my word for it. Get in here and read this for yourself. I love this stuff. And he says, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, if the world hates you, remember that, it, that, that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they have kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they do for my name's sake. Now, currently in this century, there has been more persecution, more Christians martyred, killed, murdered. That's what's going on in Dafar. It's, uh, you know, one religion killing another religion simply by faith and Jesus said that's because they hated me and um, let's go to 1st John alright and, and, and Jesus breaks this down a little bit um, through the Apostle John the Holy Spirit says right here the imperative of love verse 10 in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, okay? This topic can come down and polarize, and we're talking about religious um, things here, all right? Whoever does practice righteousness, does not practice righteousness, is not of God, all right? Remember, that's just believing God. Do you believe God? Do you believe his word? If you don't, then you're not righteous, all right? And he says, he says that you're not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother, okay? For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now, notice how he, he contrasts here, okay? Not is Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Simply because he believed. All right? And then we see in Revelation, all right, in the, the um, sealed judgments that are being poured out, all right, Revelations chapters 2 and 3 describe church history. All of church history, all types of Christians, seven churches, seven uh, church ages, that are going on and run continuously until the Lord's, uh, the, the tribulation, the day of the Lord begins. But as uh, Christ begins to open up these seals, the fifth seal, we see, um, you know, the Apostle John is, is, is watching this. He's actually uh, translated there and he's, he's, he's witnessing this. So he's been like teleported into the future. And it says, uh, chapter, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now, there is a lot of really 
ungodly church history that has had church leadership murder and kill people simply for translating um, a Bible into a, the common language of the people. <laughs> so much so that, that um, these religious people would take uh, somebody who was, they'd already condemned to death, um, hung him, choked him, burned him, and then later on, dug up his bones and burned his bones and judged him uh, simply for translating the Word of God so people could see it for themselves. Now that's about all we have for this session today. May God richly bless you. Until next time, my name's Keith McKenzie. This is Winds of Change. God bless you. right there that we use at the end of this uh, we use this uh, song by uh, permission through our good friend uh, John Waller um, if you like that his uh, he has an entire album and we've just learned that he's going back into the studios again for his 11th album and uh, if you like that song it is actually a free download at his website which is johnwallermusic.com if you, if you love the Lord, I just I think there's a real, you know, spirit. He knows how to bring people into worship. So I really enjoy John's stuff. But that was session 18 in our Genesis 1 through 11 uh, discipleship series, uh, getting through all these cornerstone issues and things that we have in the Bible. We got through kind of a tough uh, lesson there, kind of hard, but it's, it's true. Um, the things that we have, uh, you know, religious deception is the enemy's number one tool. And as you can see here in Genesis chapter 4, how early it began. Uh, we're going to be having upcoming series. We're working on our notes for um, that prophecy series that's upcoming. We just need to find some time to uh, get them recorded. We have two sessions recorded already, and they'll be coming out soon. Parables of Matthew and Matthew 13 uh, on the heels of our uh, angelology study that we did with uh, Pastor Conway Campbell. And you want to stay in touch with all these, we want to be at www.amos37.com. And we have all those 
studies that are becoming available, and we hope that you're enjoying them. I can stay up to date by uh, visiting our website and downloading these through iTunes and staying in touch and communicating with the ministry through our Facebook page. God bless, and until next time, may God richly bless you.